Well, hello and welcome back to the Pipe Cottage. Uh, I have a guest with me today, uh, Mr. Dwayne Noel from Dry Creek Wrangler School. Now, if you know anything about cigars or pipes, you've probably encountered his channel by now. I know many people who follow my Instagram account know who this gentleman is. And uh, I've mentioned him before. But uh, he's up here in Kentucky uh, visiting with us, and we had a good trail ride yesterday on horseback. And wanted to sit down and make a video about pipes. And the subject of this video overall is in defense of pipe smoking. And uh, I've decided over the past couple of weeks at least that I'm going to make every attempt to reopen the pipe cottage as a brick and mortar store in 2023. And I mentioned that also in a couple other um, uh, social media platforms. But what I want to do is step back as I'm thinking about reopening that pipe store, step back and rethink why I want to do it, why we smoke pipes, because it's not a growing hobby in the sense that other things are growing at a quick uh, rate of speed. Uh, it's really a declining representation of a world gone by. And I'm glad there are young people getting into pipe smoking now, a lot more young people than there was uh, when I got started. But I want to have a discussion with Mr. Noel here today about why we do this. What is it about pipe smoking that brings us joy? I don't want it to be an overcomplicated topic, just uh, sort of a simple discussion of what is it about this piece of briar with this little fire down inside of this bowl that brings us joy in this life. And so one thing I'd like to hear from uh, Dwayne is how you got into pipe smoking. How long you been smoking a pipe? I've been smoking a pipe since before Mom and I started dating. Um, and we've been dating for, well, we've been married for 31 years. So it's been over 30 years. Um, of course, I'm from Kentucky. Both my granddads raised tobacco. And I've been around it my whole life. But then most of my family, they were they were uh, cigarette smokers, mm -hmm. which never appealed to me. I never liked it. I had one uncle uh, that smoked the pipe a little bit. That was my first introduction to the pipe in the family. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I was, I was in Alaska. My first pipe, I think, was a Dr. Graybull that I bought from a, a, um, a drugstore. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I bought a pouch of probably Captain Black or Workham Riff or something. I just, I wanted to try it. And uh, and so that's kind of got tried, and I didn't get really in it real heavy. But then, and this was in Alaska, but then I got a job in Bush law enforcement way out on the Alaska Peninsula just above the Aleutian chain, and I did a lot of hunting. And out there in the tundra, there's a lot of little tiny gnats and flies and out there in the tundra, especially during in hunting. And so I'd kill a caribou, uh, and then I'd be out there cleaning the caribou, and uh, I would get swarmed. And I discovered that if I lit a pipe and clenched it between my teeth while I was sitting there cleaning, the smoke would kind of keep all the boogers at bay while I was trying to do what I what I was doing. So oddly enough, that's kind of what got me more 
you know, got me more regular into it. Um, and my reasons and, and everything, of course, has evolved over the years. Um, I am, I've always been a history buff and a strong proponent of the old fashioned and the old ways. Uh, and I always searching out what you'd call old paths. And for me, pipes was a, a uh, pipe smoking was a, a gateway to the past, if you will. I mean, that's a good way of putting it. That's kind of uh, the way I looked at it the first time I encountered a real gentleman who was a pipe smoker. I had an uncle who smoked a pipe, but he was a bit off color at times. He wasn't an example of the type of person I wanted to follow as a pipe smoker, but there was uh, a retired medical surgeon, a retired uh, brain surgeon from Mobile, Alabama. And uh, he moved next to the Mississippi State Line in Greene County, Alabama after he retired. And I was going to graduate school at Mississippi State at the time. <clears throat> and uh, I would go over to visit that part of Alabama. I had a lot of friends over there. Had a real good friend who raised cattle on a couple thousand acres of land. And, and I would just go and spend my weekends there to get away from the school. But a good friend of his was this brain surgeon, uh, Dr. McCray. And he was probably about 75 years old at that time. He bought a thousand acres of land and uh, he was getting into vineyard work, growing grapes to make his own wine. And every word that came out of that man's mouth was a gem of wisdom. I looked up to him greatly. And uh, he would have us there at supper time at his house on a regular occasion. And he had this huge, great big old long dining table, massive dining room. And he would sit at the head of it. And every evening after he would finish his meal, he didn't get up from the table. And he wouldn't allow anybody else to get up from the table until he finished the pipe that he lit after that meal. And it just, I was entranced by it. And I still remember the pipe he had. He had a 7L 673. I didn't know it was a 673 at the time. But um, I know now that's what it was. I don't even know whether he's still living or not. But when I think of people who smoke pipes, an image does come to mind, whether you are conscious of it or not. It's an image of somebody, like Dwayne says, has an interest in the old ways. Uh, because... It, Years ago, pipe smoking was far more common than it is now. Actually, I saw a, a newspaper article from the 1950s a couple of days ago, and it was a department store ad um, where these children were sitting in front of this pipe cabinet, and the clerk behind the counter was helping these small children, about six, seven years old, pick out a pipe for their daddy for Christmas. How many of you have seen an ad in recent years about that? Uh, it, we just live in a different time in this country now that is far, far removed even from what the country looked like 50, 60 years ago during the heyday of pipe smoking. But it has more to do... Uh, it, it, the reasons why I smoke a pipe is more involved than simply harkening back to the past. It brings a sense of contentment and satisfaction. It complements my life in a way that nothing else can. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. 
So how does the pipe complement your lifestyle, Dwayne? How does it complement who you are? Because uh, you lived an interesting life. You have been working out west for over 30 years, uh, wrangling and packing and working on ranches. What role is the pipe and cigars and tobacco in general played in your life? Um, I don't know. I don't know how to. I mean, they've always been there, and there's always been a. Well, th this is kind of my philosophy on it. If if I could, if I can go a little bit long here. Mm -hmm. Dive old. The one of the universal laws is anything anything in nature goes from a state of order to disorder that's a universal law if you take the best hunting knife that you've got and you put it outside and you lay it out on the ground it's not going to get better it's going to get worse even stones over time centuries of water and freezing and uh and wear and tear they wear down mm -hmm. you put wood out wood rots uh, culture is the same way culture does not get better with time and if you want if you find that hunting knife lost out in the woods and you want to find that knife in its best state from the time it was created until now you want to go back in time as much as you can the further you go back in time, the better you'll find the state of that knife or anything in nature. To me, our culture today is a mess. Manhood is lost in a lot of areas. And in the places that it's not lost, it has been perverted uh, into a... Um, a messed up idea of what manhood is and and what masculinity is and I started thinking you know sometimes if things have devolved culture has devolved and if you start going backwards into the men that I read and the men that I study back in the old days um, which were the men that I wanted to emulate the men that I wanted to learn from the men that I wanted to affect my life and who I am um, usually they were bearded men and they were men of pipes and cigars they were red men they were thoughtful men they were men that could carry on an intelligent conversation uh, men that knew where they stood and they were not open to being bullied into changing their stand. And so all through life, my cowboying, my packing, my wrangling, my law enforcement in Alaska, everything was directed by a view that I held. How would they have approached this situation a hundred years ago? How would a good man a hundred years ago that had not been watered down and cowed and browbeaten by today's society, how would they conduct themselves? Mm -hmm. And and uh, and so 
the pipe has been on that level on a physical level it's very calming it's very contemplative at the end of a day uh, if you never sit down at the end of a day and look back over the day and say this is what I did number one you're not going to have a sense of satisfaction in something accomplished you're not going to have the time to look back and say well this is what I did today and that didn't work I shouldn't do that tomorrow I shouldn't behave like that tomorrow um, it's uh, a time to uh, meditate at the end of the day over the day and learn and grow from it um, and uh, so that has that has also made a, played a major part for me well it is, I can certainly relate to a lot of that um, I started studying the Civil War when I was 11, 12 years old, I mean on a serious level. And that's where I first encountered the, you know, stories about men who would smoke pipes. But um, in thinking about starting a pipe shop again, I want to go back to that idea about conduct that you mentioned. One of the probably, probably most contentious videos that I have on this channel is the one entitled uh, An Unwritten Code of Behavior where I speak about what is obviously my perspective on how pipe smokers should behave. And a lot of people were able to see very clearly that it had far more to do than simply um, pipe smoking. It's just good codes of conduct that I think people should abide by. And uh, when I go into a pipe shop and I hear massive amounts of vulgar conversation, um, and the, the, the only thing that people seem to be able to talk about is um, who won the football game last week. I, I like my life to go a little bit deeper than that. I know there are times when you just sit down and you shoot the breeze with people and you don't want to talk about anything that's really deep. You just want to sit. And the pipe helps in that regard in a lot of ways. But when I walk into a pipe shop, I expect conversation. It's going to happen. I, and I have an image in my mind of, of um, a pipe culture and what it used to look like and what I see in a lot of places now and I walk into uh, tobacco shops which are not primarily pipe centric anymore. I, I just It's not an environment that I'm comfortable in. I'm not going to mention names but I was in a pipe shop recently. I won't mention the pipe shop location or anything. And the shop owner uh, didn't know me from Adam's house cat and he's in there bragging about the amount of women that he's known and and he was having this conversation in pretty vulgar pretty pretty vulgar manner. I was not looking for that I was wanting to buy a pipe and enjoy some time in his smoking lounge with the other people in there there is a lot that's missing when it comes to well, how people conduct themselves now. People have always been pretty bad. I mean, I had another comment recently said, well, all people are inherently good uh, on a, one of the recent videos I made about going back to the land. That's not the way I look at it. All people are inherently bad. <laughs> and it requires, it requires a great deal of work and humility to uh, bring goodness into human life. 
And ironically, and the way I was raised, a lot of people looked at tobacco use as a bad thing. I don't look at it as a bad thing. And um, I long for the day when gentlemen were defined more by what they ought to do rather than simply what they don't do. And so I think that's speaking a little bit to what Dwayne is, is saying here as well. I don't get along with a lot of people these days because I don't have anything in common with them. When I sit on my pipe on the porch on my farm, that is protected time. That's not a time when I want to be on the telephone. I don't want to necessarily be talking to anybody. Like Dwayne said, it's a time for reflection and meditation. One of, the, one of my favorite books of all time was written in 1941 on the eve of the Second World War. And uh, it written by Ben Robertson from South Carolina. It's entitled Red Hills and Cotton. It's a memoir of his childhood growing up on a cotton farm in the South Carolina upcountry. He was born in 1900. And uh, there's about half a chapter in that book that describes simply the importance of taking time to walk a piece of land and think. Not figuring out how you're going to make another dollar tomorrow. Not worrying about the troubles of tomorrow but simply using that time as a way to reflect upon what's been accomplished today and up to your life, uh, up to this point in your life. And so this time of year, I often think about things like this. When it gets towards the end of the year, I tend to smoke my pipe a lot more than I probably do at the first of the year because I'm thinking constantly about what's been accomplished, accomplished in this calendar year. Well, I get a lot of, I've had a lot of comments on my channel and if you anybody I don't know if anybody out there has actually is actually see the channel or follow it uh, there's been a lot of videos lately and it's it wasn't intentional this wasn't I didn't set out to do this but I had young men and men who are not so young contacted me and they had questions about life and about problems and things and so my videos there's been several videos lately just on just stop and contemplate what's real and what matters and what don't and uh, I don't get on there and lay out okay this is this is this is the right way in religion or this is the right way in politics or this is the path that you have to you have to follow in any particular given area uh, mostly I just talk about just stop settle down chill out and just do right figure out what's right and I get a lot of comments from guys on there saying man I would love I would love to sit down and have a cigar with you over a fire a pipe with you over the fire and just talk about this stuff and and I it's very interesting I mean I've had people who got on there said look I don't even smoke a pipe I've never smoked a pipe, don't anything about it, but I'd love to sit down and have a pipe with you. Yeah. And there's something, there's something um, about it that invites um, intelligent, calm, introspective conversation. Um, 
and I'm not smart enough to say what that is. I don't know, but I know it's it's very much a part of it. Well, um, I'm going to mention George Bruno on there. Uh, George, if you're watching this, you can comment and tell me if I'm right. But um, jo people who watch this channel know that I did a video or two with George. And um, if you go back and look at a couple of his early pipe videos, I, I think it's some of the early ones, he's... He tells a story about um, a local pipe shop in his town in Pennsylvania. And the shop owner told him one day, he says, there's three kind of uh, tobacco users that come in this store. First is your cigarette smoker, and they come in, they're just looking for their nicotine, essentially, and they're in and they're out. You have your cigar smokers. Half of them are good people. The other half are pretty well buttholes. And that's the watered-down way that, that George put it. Uh, and finally, you've got your pipe smoker. And according to the shop owner, every one of the pipe smokers that come to his store were all gentlemen. Absolute true gentlemen. He couldn't think of one where he had any type of bad relationship with. Now, I'm not saying that if you smoke a cigar or you smoke cigarettes, then you're not a good man. But what I am trying to reiterate is the point that Dwayne brought up about uh, there's a, a certain type of, of uh, peace and, and, and way of thinking and worldview that tends to accompany those who smoke pipes. I don't think that's saying too much, is it? I don't think so. No. Because, um, isn't it? Well, just smoking a pipe doesn't lend itself to mindless brainless running no it doesn't uh, and someone who doesn't want to think someone who does not want to slow down someone who does not want to contemplate someone who does not want to um, discover a broader picture they're not going to want to take the time and the effort and to just sit and just break up the leaf Put it in the pipe, light the pipe, relight the pipe, re-relight the pipe, mm -hmm. and just sit, and it, it doesn't lend itself. No, no. And you have a tangible item. Uh, m most, if not all, of the pipes that I have in my collection, there's a memory that stands behind it. Um, I, most of my pipes, I know where I got it. I know when I got it. And I know who the people were that I may have been talking to at some point while I was smoking it. With a cigar, I like cigars very, very much. But once you smoke that thing, it's gone. You don't have a tangible item that you can hold in your hand and smoke again next time. Because it may seem silly to a lot of people, but it's, it's kind of like, you know, you may have a favorite pair of jeans or a favorite pair of shoes or... You've got an automobile that belonged to your granddaddy and you don't want to sell it because there's memories tucked in behind it. Well, I look at my pipes in very much the same way. I have pipes that have been given to me. I have pipes that have come from older gentlemen who just give me, give me pipes because they, they don't really know who I am, but they know I'm a pipe smoker. And so that pipe creates a relationship between me and that person, although I never knew them before that point in time. So... Smoking a pipe has um, created a situation in my life, at least, where relationships blossom. It's a vehicle to meet different people, 
Because usually if you're meeting a fellow pipe smoker, you've got something in common. And it may not be a whole lot, but you've got that pipe in common. I can go into a pipe shop and we don't have to talk about politics. We do not have to talk about religion. Um, if I had my way about it, we wouldn't have to talk about sport. But <laughs> that's just my opinion on it. Uh, but we can talk about so many different things. D Dwayne did a, if y'all not seen his video on the Brotherhood of the Leaf, go to his channel on YouTube, the Dry Creek Wrangler School. Check out his video on the Brotherhood of the Leaf. That video is one of my favorites that he has put on his channel about um, about cigars or tobacco use at all. Uh, so, Dwayne, if you don't mind, just briefly uh, recap a little bit of what you what your opinion is. What is the Brotherhood of the Leaf, and why do we talk about it? Well, <clears throat> men, people, humans, but in the purview here, men, uh, we bond over something. Men bond over something. Uh, some men bond over their hatred of the government. Some men bond over their um, <laughs> the pain of their past marriages and their disdain for women in general. Some men bond over the Dallas Cowboys football. Um, but the Brotherhood of the Leaf is... It transcends a lot of boundaries, uh, like I talked about in that video. Um, I've I've never gone into a cigar lounge, a cigar shop, uh, where I didn't meet somebody. And I've sat down and had some of the most wonderful, fantastic conversations um, with other men that are in there over cigars, mostly, um, and. Uh, and I mean business, uh, home, uh, just all, just a myriad of subjects, and there's no boundaries. I mean, it's the race doesn't matter um, whether they're black or whether they're Hispanic or whether they're whatever. It never, it's, it's it it is an instant, immediate brotherhood because in a lot of a lot of uh, well, I'll recount this story. Okay, I told this in that video. I was uh, working for a ranch in Bandera, Texas, and I was I was guiding uh, dudes out on for trail rides, taking them out. And uh, I had a group fixing to go out, and there was a uh, a black man from I think he was from Austin or San San Antonio in that area. Him and his lady were there, and uh, he. He uh, he was probably 45 years old, a very fit, very fit big guy. Obviously, he worked out, um, and he had the his hair. I thought he had the coolest hair I had ever seen. I mean, it was, um, and I'm a I'm a stupid hillbilly white boy here. So if I describe something in a manner that is not acceptable out there today, I apologize. It's not my heart. Uh, his hair, of course, it, he had you know the af afro hair, but it was in braids and it was it was really long, and there was a lot of it, and it was really cool, I thought. Um, and he was he had on like jean shorts, what they call them, jorts, uh, jean shorts and like Timberline boots, and uh, so he was. 
I came from this world, and my first impression was he was from a different world. Perfectly fine, perfectly great, um, but we were just two different, no problems or anything. And I heard him. We, we, I was about ready to, to load everybody up, and I pulled my cigar out, clipped the end of it, lit it, and I heard him back there talk to his lady. He said, man, I didn't know. I didn't even think I could have brought my cigars. I wish I had brought a cigar. And I turned and looked at him. I said, you smoke cigars? He said, yeah. I said, you want one? He said, do you have one? I said, man, I've always got cigars. So I tied my horse up and ran up to my motorhome up on the hill that my wife and I were living in and got a cigar and a cutter and a lighter and brought back and gave it to him. And we went for a ride. And we went for two or three rides and and uh, I provided him, you know, I gave him two or three cigars while he was there. And we just enjoyed the cigars together. We enjoyed the rides together. And it was just, it was just a good, a good time. Uh, but there was an instant, immediate brotherhood uh, over that came together over that. Um, I was in uh, a cigar in Holotis, Texas, Fink Cigar. It's a big, probably the biggest cigar lounge and humidor I've ever been in. Uh, I went in and bought some cigars one day, came out, and I had bought two or three to smoke while I was there. I was just going to hang out. It was a nice day, hot day. Came outside and the table was full of men sitting there and I didn't want to interrupt. And then over here on the corner, there was a couple of men sitting over here and I didn't, I didn't want to go over there and just barge in and sit down there. So I paused for a second to figure out what I was supposed to do. One of these guys over here said, hey man, come on over here and sit with us. It's all right, come on over here. So I went over and sat down and one of them was a, a real estate developer and he was Hispanic. Um, and, uh, the other guy was a, uh, and he's, his deal, I've made a number of videos on, uh, but he was a talent scout for a major, major league baseball team. And he's the one, if you've watched my videos where I got those no band, no name cigars, uh, he's the one, but we just sat there and talked. There was no discomfort there was no boundaries there was no schism there was no cultural differences it was just an immediate brotherhood um of the leaf and and i have found that throughout it transcends culture and race and history and background and philosophical differences and political differences and uh, it's just you you have a certain viewpoint I think to life and if you don't have a certain level of that viewpoint to life whatever that may be you're probably not going to get into cigars and pipes and so those who do they have a common thread running through uh, through who they are and that thread runs from one brother of the leaf to the other brother of the leaf and it's just it's a binding and a coming together and I think part of that thread is an absolute determination to not let the culture of others and those who have a dismal outlook on tobacco, on the old ways, on maintaining manhood and masculinity, they're just, they don't give into it. And I think we recognize that amongst each other. We're men who stand apart. We're men who do what we enjoy. We do what we think is right. 
and we try to be decent and we try to be thoughtful and contemplative and uh, and and that's what I have found has run a theme that has run through this this thing across yes well it, I I could tell some stories that um, would certainly uh, go along with what Dwayne said but this this video is probably already getting to be long enough um, I'll tell you because I like to tell people what I've got and what I'm smoking. This is a new pipe. This is a Mark Tinsky 2022 Christmas pipe. And this year he did a bent billiard shape. And um, it's got a beautiful dark sandblast on it. I know you can't see it very, very well from the distance that the camera is away from us. But I will uh, post a picture of this pipe on Instagram. That way you can see a good picture of it. But uh, if you have not tried Mark Tinsky's pipes... Uh, many of you know, but some of you may not. He's out in Montana. He spends most of his time fly fishing and making pipes, is, is my understanding. Never met him in person, but I like his work. And in the pipe, I have my first bowl of the 2022 Sutliff Kringle Flake. I understand this is the same blend as 2021, but I don't know. I, I like this 2022 better than 21, and if they're using make sense because the tobacco has aged more uh, but Dwayne what you got in your I have a moonshine pipe which was a gift a Christmas gift uh, it's a bent apple shape and it's got sandblasted finish on it it's basically black um, and uh, it's very very light very easy to clench um, I prefer the bent apple I only except for the two um, I've got two Devil Ants pipes that I carry when I'm riding that have straight stems. Other than that, I only have one other straight stem pipe. I prefer the bent. Uh, I like the, the bent apple. And uh, so that's the pipe. And in it, I have uh, probably one of, my, one of my top three favorite tobaccos. Uh, cobblestone. I have their Cobblestone Outdoor Hiking. Um, it's pretty much just... I think it's pretty much just straight burly, and uh, my taste in tobacco runs very simple, almost primitive burleys, uh, Virginias. Uh, every once in a while, I'll step outside, and, and I've been smoking some Boswell Northwoods, uh, which has got some English forward in it, but it's pretty mild. Uh, I'm not uh, not a not so much into that. And uh, but I, I just I like my simple burleys again. I like the old primitive style of things, and my tobacco is just a uh, an illustration of that. Well, I'm gonna draw this video to a close, and uh, we've enjoyed having Dwayne here uh, in Kentucky visiting with us and had a good horseback ride yesterday, and and I think I'm gonna. Enjoy a little bit more time with him off camera, and Dwayne has started a, a channel on Rumble that deals more with um, pipe and cigar content than, than what he does on YouTube. And so uh, if you want to see more tobacco-related content from Dry Creek Wrangler School, uh, that's what you can look up on Rumble. Is that the name of the channel? It's just Dry Creek Wrangler, and it's all lowercase, and it's all one word. I didn't When I set it up, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. 
So folks have been going in there and separating it out, Dry Creek Wrangler, and uh, and can't find it. So it's do it just like you were doing the email, Dry Creek Wrangler, all lowercase, all one word, and you should be able to find it. Well, Dwayne, thank you, sir, for spending some time with me today. Well, thank you, sir, for, for letting me sit here and flap my gum. <laughs> well, this is Dwayne Knoll from the Dry Creek Wrangler School and Alan Harrelson from the Pipe Cottage. Thank you all for stopping by. We'll catch you next time.